I've been bought. And uh, when Apostle asked me, I was like, hmm. He was like, uh, Elder, you, 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 you ready? He said, you, you, you. All right, that better? Amen. And he was like, Elder, you think you're ready? I said, like, I don't know. <laughs> I said, like, I was like, I'm gonna be I was like, it's been a while then I since I stood up a while, a long time, and you know, with the shoulder and all. It's like, but I was like, if God is showing you me, then I will go. I was like, he was like, You sure? I was like, hey. If he's showing you me to bring the word, then he's saying I'm ready. That it's not me saying I'm ready, it's him saying I'm ready. So it's funny because he said, I so I said yes. <laughs> Which is ironic of me saying yes, is because as I began to pray and get into my word and it's like, Lord, what would you have me to speak on? And it was, I was like, I was just, I was going, just, just mind, just, Lord, what would you have me to speak on? And I started going over, recapping the previous messages of October, because today's the 31st, a fifth Sunday. And we had four dynamic messages. Hallelujah. I mean, let them grow. That was, a, that was apostle. You know, he said, the cancel culture that exists in the kingdom and secular, and secular world. That it wasn't just, sometimes we hear the cancel culture. You know what I'm talking about? Cancel everybody, canceling everybody out because you don't agree with me, so you're not going to be my friend no more. I'm, I'm, I'm going to blank you out of Facebook and Twitter and I don't, I don't want nothing to do with you because you're not agreeing with me. I, I, what, what, what really brought that part of to me was my son, Dane. He was telling me that in, in, you know, in his college and his, in his age group, he's 26. God, believe that? My little boy is 26. But it's like, he's telling me that if you have an opinion other than your peers, they'll just they'll just cut, they'll, you know blank you out or of I mean here you are you've been friends for years, and then all of a sudden you're not agreeing with the mainstream, so you're no longer available to be in my circle no more. But I, I like how Apostle brought out that. It, it's been in the church for years. <laughs> Denominations. You're not in my church. You know, denomination riffs, church riffs. You don't go to my church, so I was like, whoa. Is it good? Did it go out? 
Let me a handheld then. I'll, I'll cut this off and keep on going. All right, that better? Oh, yeah, that's a lot better. You're going to have to bear with me because I'm going to have to navigate between this word now. And so it's like, it said Jesus qualified people, not disqualify them. And this is, this is only let, let them grow. And it says as they grow, what happens? We grow. Right, right? He said, and a boy, I grabbed hold of this, says letting the wheat and the tear grow together. Because why, what did he say? He said, he said, we don't know who's the wheat and who's the tear. Because he said, they all look alike. He said, when the wind blew, you really couldn't tell. He was saying, uh, I was going through that word, he was saying that how if you look at a tear, it stands upright like it's proud. And he said, well, the full mature wheat lay down humbly. It, it bends over. I was like, whoa. Then I'm going to show you some ties in. He said, he'll be the judge in his time, sending the reapers, what was, he said, was the angels. The reapers were to do the separation because he's the only, he knows who's the wheat and who's the tear. So our job is simply to what? Let it grow. Let them grow together. Everybody grew together in the house. But then he, we thought he was done, but then he came back with part two of let them grow. But then he threw a twist on it to tell us what? We need to what? Help them grow. He said, we execute judgment on one another when it's, what? it's not even our job. We're quick to judge. We're quick to point. We're quick to say, and I, I'm going to go back to what? He said what? We're quick to do all this. But we don't what? We don't know who's wheat or who's tear. And you might end up being what? The tear when you think of yourself as what? The wheat. So you don't know. But all you need to do is keep doing what? Doing you in the kingdom. But when you start trying to look to the left or to the right saying, oh, look what they doing. To look, look what she doing or he doing. You need to be looking to yourself saying, let me stay the wheat. Because when the reapers come, they're going to know what you've been doing, what you've been acting. And it says, it says, God has said what is meant to be said. We're not the judge, jury, and the executioner. And it said how we do this is what? Our measurement, God, is what? The Bible. As long as we stay true to the Bible, we won't find ourselves, what, out of place. It said our responsibility is to restore our brothers and sisters, not to judge them. Let me say that again. Our responsibility is to restore our brothers and sisters when we see. And I was like, how many times that we've heard the among our brothers keep and be like, no, they they grown. They 21 plus, they grown. What they gonna do what they gonna do? But when you was doing what you was doing, did somebody come and say, come on, get you, get, you, get you right, get you in order? It says, if I make a conscious decision 
to strengthen my fellow brothers and sisters, which is what? Help them. I help strengthen the body of Christ, the church. Simply by, if we help one another, we strengthen in the church. We strengthen in Christ, his kingdom, because we look it out for one another. But when we judging and fighting and beating each other down, how? The world's going to be like, we got that out here. <laughs> we got that out. So what, what, we, what we want to come into the house for when we, what y'all doing, we already, we sit, we already got it here. Oh, then Pastor Linda came with, take off the robe and put on mercy. Telling us that we've already, with the let them grow and help them grow because of what? Judging. Now she's telling you to what? Take off the robe. Take it off. I like how she, I like her illustrated sermons. She had a came in, came up, and put a robe on. Everybody, look at that. Pastor, Lit- Pastor Little don't wear no robe to preach. I know. I, was, I know. I ain't gonna. Lie. I was sitting over there. I was like, Pastor Little never wear no robe to preach in. Where's she still wearing a robe? And so she's struggling to zip it up. And like, she was like, she was like, it's supposed to be easy to put the robe on. But she was struggling to put the robe on, which to me just opened my eyes even more because if you're struggling to put the robe on, don't put it on. Don't put that judging robe on. Don't put it on. She's telling us to take it off. He said the robe is judgment. When grace's mercy is needed, we're struggling to put on the judge robe. It said, it said we need to have real love which is sympathy. It says, by mercy and truth, iniquity is purged, and by fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. And, I, and she, that was, that, she, that was, I want to tell you, that's Proverbs 16, 6. It said, put on mercy as God elect, bowels of mercy. That means a whole lot of mercy. We need it. We need to give it. As much as you need mercy, you want somebody to give you mercy, you should be willing to give it out even more. The more you get it, the more you should be wanting to reciprocate what you're receiving. And it says, take and keep that robe of judgment off. Don't need to keep it off. When you see, when you see it in your closet, be like, am I going to put this on today? Hmm. Am I, uh, does it go what I got on? Am I going to put on this judge of mercy? Am I, I going to put on this judge, this robe of judgment? Am I going to put this on? No. I'm going to leave it hung up. Or burp, whew, get rid of it. That's what we need to do. We need to get rid of it. Not even have it that we can be tempted to put it on. Oh, then Elder Elizabeth came with. Mm. Whatever you do. Do it to the glory of God. And she came with that at Colossians 3.23 and said, Reward in serving God, not conforming to this world, but keeping a renewed mind. Got to keep your mind renewed because if you don't, you don't know what you're going to be doing. It said, keep going, keep doing, keep moving. It says, giving grace and mercy. It said, be the light regardless of the situation. It said, 
we need the grace of God. We need to stay prayerful and give ourselves away as unto God, uh, as unto Christ. And I, 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 like, I like her word. I like her message. Because some of us don't realize her story. Realize she, when she was talking, she was talking about when she was in Kenya. I know, I know some people, admit, I was like, I was telling my wife later, I was like, a lot of people didn't know her story realizing when she was talking about how they came in her house and took everything and sold it before she could pay her rent. They was going to make her. That's in, that was in Kenya. Everybody like, they do that in the United States? They do that here? How can they do that? That's, she could have did this. She, no. And when you were in different countries, so you got to know her background. You got to know where you're coming from. And she was coming from, she was talking about, by her making a stand for Christ, all of a sudden all these things was happening to her. When she, I'm going to say this, when she said yes to God, and, and her yes really meant yes, she started going through some things. You know, when, when she started, whatever you do, she was, her, her do was what? Standing for Christ. And she did it unto the glory of God. So no matter what the situation that she found herself in, that they came in, and she was back, she was back uh, on, her, on, her, on her rent, that they came in, closed the door, locked it up, took everything that she had in there, sold it to cover her rent. God was like, if that happened in the United States, oh, my God, everybody be, well, what, what, what kind of, what would this be? It'll be a lot of people, what, paying their rent, paying their money. <laughs> if the threat of losing your stuff, a lot of people will be doing a lot better. But that's a different message. <laughs> it said, we receive all this great, inspired word. But it would not benefit us at all without one simple word. And that word is yes. We heard all this word, let them grow. Be like, yes, I'll let them grow. I'll let, I, I, I won't judge them. Help them grow. Yes, I can, I can help them. When somebody come and ask me for help, I say, yes, I'll help you. Whatever I do, I do it unto the glory of God. Okay, when apostles come ask me to do something, I will say, okay, I'll say, yes, I'll do that, apostle. It's for the kingdom. It's for the glory of God. It's not for me. It's not for the benefit. It's just to you. You know, it's just to you, God. You know, I, I was thinking, I said, so my message is, <laughs> what is it going to take? What is it going to take? What is it going to take? For you, you put your name there to say yes to, and that blank is whatever you're supposed to be saying yes to, <laughs> and actually mean it, and actually mean it. What I mean by that is what? How many times have we say yes, but it's hard? It's, it's, it's what? Is it really a yes, or is just get out of my face? I'm, I'm say, I'll say yes now, but really, you know, really. Get on. I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying it. I'm saying yes, but my heart ain't in it. It's, it's, it's what? I know it's far from it. You know, I ain't just saying. What you talking about, Elder? Think about this. I, I put. I told. I, I told. 
I told the reporter, he called me, he was like, what, what, what's this blank? I was like, whatever is needed. I said, check this out. Yes to God. Yes to apostles. Yes to the pastors. Yes to your brothers and sisters that's asking you for need, for help. We, like I said, we got the message, let them grow. Help them grow. Take off the robe. So, yes, I'm taking off the robe, but is your yes really yes? That you're really going to take that robe off? Or was it just a good word, a passing word? Another Sunday that passed back that we got great word, but, oh, yes. But that yes has no weight. It's an empty yes. I say, I, I, I said that Christians' expressions, I like passing it, I like calling it, you know, we had Japanese, Chinese, this is Christianese. There's terms and knowledge that we've picked up along the way. Yes to your will. Yes to your way. And I like this one. Yes, I'll go, do, and say. That's what, Christianese, that's, that's, that's terminology that if you're not really persuaded, it's just words. It's just a three, another three-letter word, yes. It's just a word. And I was like, I kind of laughed at I kind of laughed at God a little bit when he, I wrote down the definition of yes. I said, people know what yes is. You know, it's, it's, they, 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 little kids learn what yes and no is. From, you know, they know as they reach it from something and it ain't supposed to be, and you say no, they do what? But if you're offering them something, they're like, yes, I'll take it. It's so simple. Even a two, one-year-old, even a baby, no yes and no, right? But here's the definition. It says used to express affirmation and affirmative reply. To give an affirmative to, approval to, to give an approval you say, what's affirmation and affirmative? Okay, I'll break that down too. Is agreement. Expressing agreement or consent. That's what affirmation. When you say yes, you're agreeing to the full terms. Not partial, not half-hearted, but the fullness of whatever you're saying yes to. So yes is an action word. You can't say yes and then don't do anything. You know, that, that yes, especially saying yes to God, oh, it's going to cost you something. Or it should cost you something. By you saying yes, that yes is going to cost you something. It said that something varies from person to person. Depending upon what is required from you and out of your life. It said, what is God trying to draw out of your life? That he's requiring a solid yes from you. Sister Hannah talked a little bit about my story, but I'll tell a little bit more. As in, he told me that I was going to get sick. He told me, I'm going to draw something out of your life. This is, this is before any of the first things happened. 
any of the first thing happened. He told me. He said, you don't go through. I was like, hmm, okay. And I, and I, went, to my, I went to my wife, 20-some years at the time. So I think it was like 20, what, 29, 28 years at the time. And I said, babe, if something happened, but you still love me. And she looked at me and got angry, mad even, frustrated, and gave me no answer. And I'm, and I'm, I'm yearning for this answer, this affirmation of what? Yes, I'll be there for you. Yes. But she said not a word. And, it, and I, I was like, oh. And I just you know, at the time I was just okay with it. Ooh, that was that was abrupt, but uh, she didn't say no, so I just take it and okay, well, you know, I just dealt with it, right? But then when it start, when it came into fruition, because he told her, no matter what, I got you. That was, the, that was the Lord told her. She told me that. She said, God said, I got us. He got us. No matter what, we, we, whatever we go through. Because he didn't, didn't reveal to me what actually was going to happen. He just told me something was going to happen. And then when I started getting sick, I started, when I started losing, uh, first Christmas morning, I lost the use of my left arm. I couldn't move my left shoulder. Christmas morning, woke up. Christmas Eve, building toys and building stuff for the kids. Woke up in the morning, no arm, no working. Went to the hospital, went to the ER Christmas morning. They was like, it's it's the reconstruction you had in 2007. Something must have went wrong. I was like, no, it was just working last night. There's a way we can't do nothing for you. We'll do we'll we'll put you in for an MRI, whatever, but here's some Tylenol go. You go now. So when I'm back home and in pain, shoulder not working, still going to work every day. Not knowing something's eating inside of me, going from joint to joint. All of a sudden later on, um, this is this is uh, 2018. No, 17 that morning in December. And then all of a sudden, uh, my, knees st- my left knee starts swelling up. And I was like, Lord, what is going on? So I'm still going to work. I'm on a cane now, shoulder jacked up, on a cane, and I'm still going to work every day, not knowing my body's shutting down on me. And then finally, in January, New Year come, and I'm still going to work, and I tell my boss that I go to I go to medical at, uh, at Bowen and make a report for they can know that I'm limited in areas. I'm limited with my leg walking with a K. I'm limited. My shoulder not working. And I'm driving home. I ain't gonna forget it. January fourth. I'm driving home and felt like my kidneys were shutting down. So much pain in my back. I'm I'm in tears almost. But I know I got to go to the grocery store on the way home. Because I do the grocery shopping, I know I got to provide for my family. My family got to have food, no matter what pain I'm in. 
Because I, when I said, I, yes, I do, when I'm my wife, I got yes to my, do to my children, I still got to do what I got to do. So I ain't got time to be worried about this pain. I ain't got to worry about this hurt. So as I'm, I'm pressing on, I stop at the grocery store, and they know me regularly because I go there every, I go there so much. It's Winco. I go to Winco and, uh, what was that, uh, Arlington area. And I go, and I, I'm in pain, and I'm, they put, I get in a cart, and I'm driving around. And like I said, I thought it was my kidney, so I'm pouring. So I, I just go on the counter and grab some water, and I'm pounding the water. I said, I'm going to pay for this at the counter. I keep the bottles in the cart. They was like, it's fine, John, it's fine. So I'm pounding water because I think my kidney's shutting down. Knowing I drink about a gallon of water a day easily, normally. I get home finally. My son sees me. I can't get out the car. I'm in tears with the pain. He gets me to the bed. I'm in the bed, and I'm, I'm like, Diane, I don't think I'm going to make it to work tonight. <laughs> She's like, no work, go to the ER. <laughs> I was like, yep, there would be no work today. The ER is calling me. Get to the ER. They rush me to ICU. And I'm like, I'm here for my kidney. They was like, we're going to tap your knee. I was like, tap my knee. I'm saying, I'm here for my kidney. So they, they, go, they go in, the doctor come in, tap my knee. And he, he lost his poker face when he shoved the knee and drew out, and it was green and yellow when he drew out the, the syringe. And he was like, um, because he told me, he said, we're going to draw out and we're going to test whatever comes out, you know. And when he drew out his eyes, like, oh, my God. That's what his eyes looked like. And I was like, he's like, oh, we got to go test this. And he left the room. And all of a sudden, people start running in the room. And Diane was like, what's going on? We prepping him for emergency surgery stat. In that moment, they did emergency surgery on my knee and my shoulder because it was infected. So the swelling of the locking of the joint was because they found out later that my blood was growing culture because I had a staph infection to the point it wasn't MRSA, but it was, it was MRSA little brother that was treatable. It was called MSSA. And, they, and, and I'm still complaining of my kidney. And, that's, and, and all of a sudden, it was like, sir, there's nothing wrong. We'll do an MRI, but there's no. I'm telling you, there's a big lump. I'm feeling a lump in my back. And they finally, one of the, one of the technicians finally saw it. And she was like, that's what he's talking about. And they came and saw, and they did another scan. It was a pulse pocket of staph infection in my back. So to get that, that's a, that's a testimony itself. And they thought they got it all. And two weeks later, they checked my knee is good, my shoulder's good, my back is hot to the touch. Sent me down to UW in uh, Arlington to do a contrast MRI. Find out what is it wrapped around my spine. I already ate three vertebrae, trying to get into my spinal cord. He told me, you know when it's bad, when a doctor comes in your room, and he just don't come in with a chart and say, how you doing, Mr. Heron? Da, da, da. He comes in, close the door, grab a chair, sit down. He said, I got good news, bad news. Which one first? I was like, give me the good news. 
He said, well, the good news is we didn't get all the staph infection. It's wrapped around your spine, eating your vertebrae. Three is already gone, and it's trying to, and it's trying to get into your spine. I was like, that's the good news. What's the bad news? He said, we don't have a doctor that can do the surgery. That's the bad news. We're looking for a doctor to do it. He said, the one that did your other back surgery is not certified, qualified, and can't touch you. I was like, all right, Lord. All right, you said you got us. I said yes to when you told me I was going to go through. I said yes. And I'm saying all this to say you get counted something. Your yes, what kind of weight is your yes? And when he tells you you're going to go through it, or you're going to say, oh, no, not me, Lord. Or you're going to say yes. And I, I, <clears throat> so many times we have the wrong type of yes in our spirit. We have that half-hearted yes. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Your heart ain't in it. You said yes, but it was a passing thing. Is this the one I call, this is, this is the other one I call off the cuff. You simply said it to make the other person what? Go away. Leave you alone. Yeah, but, but then, the, then this is the one that, that I'm sure God hates the most because he said what? He don't like liars. The lying yes. You say, there's no intention in your spirit, in your heart, that you're going to do what you just said yes to. You got no thought. But you said what? Let me hear it. You said it, but you didn't mean nothing. You already had, you had, you, your mouth said yes, but your heart said no. From jump, your heart said, nope, I ain't doing it. They can say, even God didn't like God himself can come down, and I'm not helping you. You don't, you forget what you did to me? You forget how you treated me? It's like this, so it says, you have to, so do we understand that you have to believe in what you're saying yes to? Because you've, you can't have a heartfelt yes if you don't believe in what you're saying yes to. Because that belief is what? Faith. Right? Is that belief faith? If you believe in them, you're saying, yep, I, I, I'm going to do that. And no matter what happens, you're going to what? Do that for You know, you're saying yes. I know you're saying no. You ain't gave us no scripture, just talking. So let's go to Abraham. Not Abraham, Abraham. Because he ain't turned, he ain't turned yet. <laughs> so let's go to Genesis 15, 4 and 6. You don't have to, like I said, you don't have to bear with me. <clears throat> Genesis 14, I love, I love this point. As, as God was just, Genesis 15. Four and six. <clears throat> and this is the key. He said, and Behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be thine heir, and he that shall come forth out of thy own loins shall be thine heir. And he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now toward heaven. 
and tell the stars if thou be able to number them. And he said unto them, so shall thy seed be. So simply because Abraham told the Lord, yeah, yeah, but see in that, Abraham did what? He did some wrong. Why? Because he, he, he did what his wife told him to do, even though God told him, I'm going to give you a, a son, but he wanted to do it his own way because he was, you know, he was patiently waiting, but his wife was like, how are you going to get a son? I'm older, my age. This is how, I don't know how this is possible. So lay with my handmaid, and those who know the story, if not, read chapter 14 to 15 in Genesis. And it talks about how Abraham turned to Abraham. Abraham turned to Abraham, but in him's yes, he believed. He had faith that, and God took him, look at this there. God took him and showed him, said, these stars, that's how big your seed's going to be. So he's, he's opening up to him saying, but have faith in me, believe. If that ain't good enough for you, let's this boy. So many times we use the same scripture, but when I like this was the, um, Father of the dumb-spirited son. The dumb-filled spirit son. Let's go to Mark 9. I, I, I was like, oh, wow. That was, I was like, Lord, thank you for showing me this one. Mark 9. Starting in verse 17. It said, and one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which has a dumb spirit. So I just wasn't calling him a dumb spirited son, as in the word. It said, and wheresoever he taketh him, wheresoever he taketh him, he teareth him, he foameth and gnashed with his teeth, out of the way, and I spake to thy disciples that they should cast him out, and they could not. Mm. He answered him and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. And they brought him unto him, and when he saw him, straightway the spirit tear him. And he fell on the ground and wallowed foaming. And he asked his father, this is Jesus said, how long is it ago since this came upon him and unto him? And he said, of a child. And he often, oftentimes it has cast him into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said unto him, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that, what? Believe it. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help thou my unbelief. He said, when Jesus saw that the people came and running together, he rebuked the foul spirit, saying unto him, 
Thou dumb and desperate, I charge thee, come out of him and enter no more into him. And said, the spirit cried and ran him sore and came out of him. Think about that. The, he charged the father. Do you believe? And that's a yes or no. Do you have faith that I could do with this you asking me to do? How many times did we go to God and ask him? This is a father asking on his son's behalf. How about you asking on your own behalf? Father, I'm going through. Father, I'm hurt. Father, I'm upset. But so, oh, but thank you, Lord. Do we really get real with God like that? Do we tell him when we're disappointed? Do we tell him that we're mad? Do we tell him that we don't like the way he's doing what he's doing? I mean, he said what? He said, pray unto me. He means talk to me. But we, but see, we as Christians, when we go to God, do we go with Christianese just terms and are we just going with terms that we learned around the way? Or do we go with our heartfelt to Lord and we're talking to the Father? We're talking to him saying, I'm hurt. I'm mad. I'm angry. I need you to help me. And okay, he's like, I'll help you. Do you believe? I can do what I said I will do. Are you willing to say yes, I believe? Or are you going to just go on your way because you don't want to say that three-letter word, yes? Because it's going to cost you something. It says this. It says, you have to count up the cost. But yes, cost you something. We know, we know Job, right? We, we heard that story, beat it down, and just think about it, just going to Job 1 and 8, how, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to throw a twist on there because I, I went to the Message Bible on that one because it was like, it was, it was, hold on, hey, let me dig this up. <clears throat> because, we, we, yeah, we know the story of Job, and we know that we've heard that story time and time again. Some people tired of hearing it, but that's, it said, God said unto Satan, it's Job 1 and 8, 8, yes. Job 1 and 8. It said, Job, God said to Satan, have you noticed my friend Job? Ooh, he called Job his friend. That means what? He had a what? Relationship. Hmm. Does that mean God want to have, does that mean that God want us to have a relationship with him? If he had a relationship with Job, how much more now that we have Jesus Christ access to the throne? But here's God himself is calling what? Job what? Friend. Hmm. That's a, that's a, that's a freebie there. That's a throw there to you. Is God able to call you friend? God himself, I ain't talking about Jesus, I'm talking about God himself said friend because that means he had a relationship with him. That means he was talking to him. Not just, not just praying, Lord, you know. But talk, talk to him. He want a relationship. Be real with him before he can be real with you. Think about that. Be real with him. I know, I long, I'm telling you, I, long, I learned to talk to him like, Father, I'm mad. I don't like you. I don't like the way you're doing this. But but I know that your will be done, not my own. Because if I do it my way, I might mess it up. 
but I, I, I don't know what you're doing. Oh, I got, I got to tell this quick story. When I, when I, when I was in the hospital, right, <laughs> I was trying to rest. Because I, I was in ICU. I was in ICU a week. And I remember just the doctor came in. And he was like, he read my chart. I got that a lot. They'll come in and read my chart and leave the room and come back and look at me. And he came, finally came up to my bed. He was like, Mr. Hand, what's wrong with you? Don't you know you're dying? Why are you happy? I mean, he was mad that I wasn't acting. I was dying. I was like, sir, I don't see me dying. Because God never showed me that I was dying. They, he's looking at my chart saying, we really, I don't know how, I don't know if you're going to make it. That's how he's looking at it. And he's upset that I'm not wallowing in what my chart is saying. And then when I was told, I make it to, I find, uh, after a week of this, I make it to, I make it to the, the ward. And nurses are just bubbly and all this. And so one what, what of my uh, um, therapists came in. And she's like, I just want to thank you for you being here. And she's like, the, this floor has never been this peaceful. I just want to thank the peace of God is upon this floor. And I'm thinking, why do you think it's me? That's what I'm thinking in my mind. Well, she's just a thanking me. You know, just thank you for, you know, the peace. Uh, we're free. You know, and so, so one night, it was like, I was telling the dieters, I was laying in the bed, and I'm hearing this voice next to me in another room. It was demonic. And, 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 the, and the, the nurses are fighting with it, and all you hear is all kind of, and I was like, mm-mm, not up in here. <laughs> I, st- I started praying. I was like, mm-mm, you got to go. And it left. And I, and, I, and I say that is, you got to know. When you when you just said yes, you got to know and walk in the power and authority that you got. It ain't just for show. It ain't just for the moment. It ain't just for the time. It ain't just for in the house. It's the, when you're a bride and a bride. You got to know. Right. Your, when you didn't say yes to God, he's saying, okay, I didn't give you authority and power to do what I need you to do. You said yes to it, and I'm going to put it to the test. That's a freebie. Now let's go to 11 and 20. 11 and 20, check this out. It says, it says but what do you think w- would happen if you reached down and took away everything that is his, he'll curse you right to your face. That's what. This is the devil telling God what's going to happen to his friend Job. If he, you got it, pretty much, you got a hedge around him. You got him all built up. He's all set. And he said, God replied, we'll see. Go ahead. <laughs> Do what you want. Do what you want. All that is his. Just don't hurt him. Then Satan left the presence of God. Sometimes later, you go down through uh, 220 and just going down through here. It talks about everything that happened. Things, one thing out of another. Here it's talking about he lost his oxen. He lost, he lost uh, his donkeys. And his kids are at his son's house. And the house fall in. And every, all his, every kid die. All of them. He said, while he's yet speaking, his, then, then another messenger come talk about his sheep. He said, and I, I'm the only one left behind just to come tell you what didn't happen. Then while he's talking, 
the next one comes, and the next one comes. And we get to, let's go. Is that while he was still talking, another messenger arrived and said, your children were having a party in the house with his older brother. Tornado swept in off the desert and struck the house. It collapsed on the young people, and they died. I'm the only one to get out alive and tell you what happened. And said, Job got to his feet, ripped his robe, shaved his head, this is 20, then fell to the ground and worshipped. Why, 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 why would he do that? He lost everything. What he got to lose? What he got to lose? His Jesus. He, he, he would lose his God if he, what his, what his principle, what he was standing on all this time. If God is calling him his friend, that means he, that relationship that he had with God, he's like, this what? This must be a purpose that I'm going through this. No, I'm not trying to compare myself to Job, but I'm saying when he told me I was going to go through, I was like, okay. <laughs> and as it went and went and went, you know, as, like I said, when it went from the knee to the shoulder to the back, and then he tell me it's, in my, it's on my spinal cord. You know, it's trying to penetrate. You know, it's telling me that I'm a, if, it, if it goes into my spinal cord, I'm going to die. And I'm going through all this, and, I'm, and he's saying, I got you. I got your family. Are you going to trust me? I can say yes. I can say no. What, what am I going to say? Yes! <laughs> You've done too much in my life. I've seen you do too much for me. For me to turn my back on you. I done been through too much. I'm talking about from the time from when my wife had a disease that when I first came to live in faith, back then it was called Faith Temple. It was like over 30 some years ago. We walked into the house and the, they was having a revival and the bishop called us. We walked in the door later to the church and they called you. You have something going on with your intestine. God said, you're healed. We walked in the door like, she first thing she do is look to me. It's like, you've been telling my business? <laughs> no, it was God. It was like, what? And she, and she had all the pills and stuff she was taking, all, all the things that she was going through. They had her marked for a colostomy bag. But God said, no, I'll heal you. Hallelujah. And she ain't took the pill since that day. So I, I, I know what the goodness of God, I know what the God has done. I know what he can do. So for me to say, no, I don't believe. You know what God has done for you. You know what he done brought you through. You know, but if you, are you standing on your yes or your yes wavering? So when the trials and tribulations come upon you, is your, are you wavering? Are you wavering? Are you? And I, and I, go, I go to Ananias, Acts 9 and 10. Acts chapter 9 and 10.
It said, there was a disciple in Damascus by the name of Ananias. This master spoke to him in a vision, Ananias, and he said, what? Yes, master, he answered. <laughs> yes, master. He said, get up and go over to the street. Let's go to Straight Avenue and ask at the house of Judas for a man from Tarsus. His name is Saul. He's there praying. He has just had a dream in which he saw a man named Ananias enter the house and lay hands on him that he could see again. And Ananias had said yes right off the bat, right? But then look at this. He said, and Ananias protested and said, Master, you can't be serious. Everybody's talking about this man and the terrible things he's been doing. His reign of terror against the people of Jerusalem. And now he's shown up here with papers from the chief priest that gave him, that give him license to do the same here. It says, 16 says, 15, it said, but the master said, don't argue, go. I have picked him. See, I want to say, I want to say, so many times we don't know what God got in the background. We don't know what he's doing, but he just simply won't what from us. Yes. You don't have to under you don't have to understand all. But do you believe in him enough to say yes? Not just out of jargon, not just out of Christianese, but simply say a heartfelt yes. I don't need to understand what you're doing in my life. Because it might scare me. If you reveal too much too quick, it might scare me. Then I'm going to run the wrong way. I'm going to run the opposite way. But simply have yes in your spirit. Simply have faith enough in God. Believe in him to do what he said he's going to do. No matter how. It says, your yes is measured and or weighed by your faith. Faith is simply believing wholeheartedly. And that's what he wants from us. That's what your yes is measured and weighted by your, by, by your faith. Put on Matthew 9. From the, from the message, Matthew 9, 28 through 9, 29. It said, and when he was coming to the house, oops, it said, when Jesus got home, the blind men went in with him. And Jesus said to them, do you really believe I can do this? They said, why, yes, master. He said, he touched their eyes and said, become what you believe. Become what you believe. You said yes because you believe I could do it. So you look into your own life. Look into your own life. And what you just said, you didn't ask God for some stuff. Just like the blind man said, I want to see again. And he's saying what? 
Do you believe that I could do this? He said, all you got to do is say what? Yes, I believe. And he said, and, and, and you saying yes, watch me what move on your behalf. Mm. And, and yes, put to the test. Your yes on trial. Because that yes ain't free. As, as, I, as I told you earlier, you what? You got to count up the cost when you say this yes. Or you willing to go all the way from saying yes. We look at our brother Peter. I mean, he's a, he was a great example. Peter. Matthew 14, 28 and 31. All right, it said, Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me to come unto thee on the water. This is, this is Jesus come walking on the water. And Peter's like, if you, tell me to come out there and I'll come. And he said, and he said Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he jumped out. And he said, what? He walked on the water to go to Jesus. Long as his focus is on Jesus, he's out there. Yeah, all right. I'm walking on this water. <laughs> he said, but when he what? When he saw the wind, boisterous, he what? Lost focus. He was afraid and began to sink. Mm. He cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And he immediately, Jesus, stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou a little what? Faith, because of your belief. That faith is what I said, faith is what? Believing? Long as he, he said, wherefore dost thou doubt? Think about this. You have said yes. You believe, this is from the oldest to the youngest. You have said yes. You have asked him for things. You have made petitions unto the Lord, your God. And long as you got your eyes upon him, on him, not the situation, not how dire it looks. Because looks is what? Deceiving. As Peter found out, the boisterous wind was just a deceit to keep his eyes off Jesus. But long as he had his eyes on Jesus, He was, he was doing what he had said he wanted to do, which was simply join the Lord on the water. What have you asked God to join you with? What petition have you made unto the, to, to the master? That you, you, have, you have faith, 
Because, but do you really believe enough that your yes ha- is weighted? Or what type of yes is your yes? I ask you to stand. Only you and God know the weight of your yes. You have made proclamations, dedications, excuses for those who know to say yes, but your excuses, I ain't ready yet. But that's real. Now, is is is. Are you not saying yes because you understand the weight of saying yes? But if he's pressing upon your heart, if he's stirring you up and telling you, I need yes from you, you want all this, you want want your life turned around. You don't like what's happening to you. You don't like your situation. You don't like your heartache. You don't like your pain. You don't like the disappointment. He said, I need a yes from you. Believe in me that I'll take it away. I need a yes from you. Not just the Christianese, yes to your will, yes to your way, but I'm willing to walk it out. I'm willing to talk out my yes. I'm willing to stand on a yes as it forms in my mouth. Father God, I know as I say yes. You will be my strength. You will be my God. You will be my comforter when everything's coming fall around me. So going back to Peter, even when he started sinking, he knew who the word reached out to. I got to point that out. As he was sinking because he got off focus, but he yet knew who to call on and who to go to, look up to. As he yet sinking, he said, what? Father, master, save me. And Jesus, even if he, he didn't say, oh, you stop believing, so hey, you on your own. He's like, he reached out and got him. How much more? He'll do it for you. He'll do it for you. He'll do it for you. I'll tell you this. When he told me, get ready for round two, I was like, Lord, no. I said, Father God, haven't I been through enough? And he told me, I told me I went to Diane. I was like, he told me round two. I was like, I, was like, I didn't want to tell her that. I'm in tears. I was like, Lord God, why? I've been through enough, I think. He said, like, no, I'm drawing out of you more faith. I was like, oh, God, why? He said, because I got a purpose for you. <laughs> and I said, yes. And that's when they found the screws loose that they put in the first time. 
When I go to the doctor, it's like I'm going to have to go a little higher this time and build a bigger cage and tear the one all the way out and redo it all. And I'm like, Lord, God, okay. Not knowing what it's going to do. I wake up off the table. And I start telling, some of y'all know this, I start telling my, my left leg to move and it's the wooden. I start, I start telling my left foot to move, it wouldn't. I start telling my toes to wiggle, they wouldn't. And I'm saying, Lord, why? And he said, I got you. I was like, yes, Lord, you got me. I was like, yes, Lord, you had me then, and I know you got me now. And y'all see me standing here. I'm moving my left leg. I'm moving my left foot. I might not can wiggle my toes, but that'll come in his time. I've been from a wheelchair. I've been to a walker. I've been to a cane. But God. You say yes. Allow him to get the glory out of your life. You want some things? He wants some things. But you need to count up the cost. So those who need prayer and you're wanting to say yes with a hard, you count up the cost. Time for playing around it with the yes, with the Lord. It's coming short, coming short. Have a heartfelt yes. If you want in prayer that your yes is weighted, that it actually is actually meaning something. It's just not words that's formed. It's just not a three-letter word, but you're willing for it to be a lifestyle. 